Hello, dear listeners. How are you? Um, you are listening to Harayat Anulad. Um, here with you, Abraham Barzilai. And, of course, this is a live broadcast. And um, before we start, um, I just want to dedicate this radio show um, for full health to um, the wounded, the people who wounded, the soldiers who wounded in the north of uh, Israel, and uh, really from him, wish them with um, for all of them, because it was very, very hard incident um, in the north. And Bezat uh, Hashem, we hope that Hashem uh, will give them so Bezat Hashem, um, we dedicate this radio show for them. Well, this week we have a very interesting parashat shavua of Beshalach. Many essential things are in that parasha. Um, the, mo- the most famous thing in the parasha, this is parashat Haman. And you all know that parashat Haman, we all say that on this Tuesday, and this is very, very uh, big segula for good parnasa to say the parashat Haman. And there is many, many, many explanations why it's so important to say the parashat Haman in this week, and why this is so, so, so big segula for Parnassa. But I would like to put a focus about something else, about another issue of this parasha. And I'm talking about the separation of Yamsuf. Kriat Yamsuf. The fabulous miracle of the history, no doubt. You know, even um, the Christians, even the Islamic regulars, actually they write in their book the fabulous miracle of the Kriyat Yamsuf, the separation of Yamsuf. And we have to know and understand what was the big deal with the Kriyat Yamsuf. Hashem made a lot of miracles in Mitzrayim, in Egypt. He made the ten hits, the ten makot. The water became a blood. The frogs was all over Egypt. And so on, hit after hit. Makkah by Makkah. And I think, for example, that um, the heat of darkness was more complicated. Vayamesh Choshech, it was so, so dark, so dark that people could touch the darkness. This is a concept that we don't even understand. So what is the big tale to separate the Yamsuf? And much more than that, you're probably wondering, 
what Rabbi Barzillai has to do with the Parashat Shavua. Haroet Anolad radio show is for education. So, <laughs> what actually is the explanation and why I'm opening this radio show with the issue of Kriyat Yamsuf, um, while it seems that it has nothing to do um, with the topic, the regular topic of this radio show. But dear listeners, before we start to explain, let me to remind you the ways that you can contact us. And we're waiting for you. So I have a very, very good recommendation for you to start sending your questions and your comments right now because um, from my experience, we see that the most of the questions actually receiving uh, received uh, toward the end of this radio show, and we don't have a plenty of time uh, to give the full answers to all of the questioners. Be smart and be the first to send, so you will be the first to get answer. A phone number for text messages is 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. Nine eight, and you can also send us an email um, info at abraham com, or you can send us to abrahameducation at gmail.com and also if you want to call in you can call 718-683-5858 well dear listeners a few years ago, there was a man who sat in my office. He talked very bad things about his teenager senior. When he finished to count the very long list of his son's legs, he said to me, I know why he failed with his son. You know why? Because of his name. My wife pushed me to give him the name Deror. Deror in Hebrew, it means freedom, undisciplined. I told her it's going to impact his behavior in the future. I believe in names, but she didn't listen to me. What can I do? Look what happened with him. Since he born, he was undisciplined. He just have been looking for his freedom, for his own freedom, doesn't want to listen, doesn't want to follow orders, and look what I get. My son, actually, today, is sitting on a jail because of a few crimes that he did. And believe me, I'm sure about that. It's all because of his name, no doubt. And you know, during the time, in my experience, my friend's experience, we see many, many times that parents actually believe that the reason of the misbehavior of their children is because of its name, his name, or maybe because of the date of the birth, or because of some, you know, signs in heaven like Kohavimu Mazalot. 
Now, the question I'm trying to reach to is, does the name of a person can influence his behavior in the future? And I know that this question actually is struggling. Um, many, many people think about it, and they try to deal with it. And I know even many, many books that was written on this point of the name of a person, what we call in Hebrew, Shem Ha'adam. If I give a name to my son, like the role, it means freedom, undisciplined, is this going to uh, influence his behavior in the future or not? Does the name of a person has something to do with his behavior, with his fortune? Well, today, considering the fact that uh, our children at home, because of the snow, we shall talk about the very interesting issue of the name of the person and how and if it impacts our life. Let's start here, dear listeners. Every single object in this world is made of two basic elements. A, the material of it, and B, the shape of it. For example, let's say that we have a table. A table actually combined from a wood, this is the material of it, and a shape shape of a table, you know, four legs and one tablet on them. Or another, another example, a window. Window actually made of glass and aluminum, but the shape that we give to the glass and the aluminum is a shape of a window. The same way, I could take this glass and give it a shape of a glass, of a cup that you can drink from it. I could take this glass and give it uh, a shape of a table. We know there is very fabulous uh, glass, glass tables. So... Every object in this world actually made of two elements, contain two elements. First is the material, wood, glass, soil, um, plastic, whatever. But the second element is the shape, with what shape I'm giving to this material. I can take a wood, I can give it the shape of a table, I can give it the shape of a door, and I can just make a, a shelf from this piece of wood. I have the decision what kind of shape I want to um, give this material. Now, um, what I'm going to explain right now, it's by the Kabbalah, but don't... Uh, get me wrong, I'm not a Mekubal, um, and the Chazanish uh, already say that if 
a person knows something, he wouldn't say. And if you find someone that he's speaking, that he say, it's a sign that he doesn't know. So I just want to announce that I'm saying that I don't really know Kabbalah. But because of this, it's very, very famous. I think that even, even, even small people like me can talk about it and can explain something that it's going to be very important to us. And in the end of this process, Be'ezat Hashem, you will understand the linkage and what it, it has to do um, with education, with raising children. Let me to remind you a phone number for your text messages. While we're speaking, you can write us and send us your questions via text message. 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. If you would like to call us um, toward the end of this radio show, you can call us at 718 718- Six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. If you want to send us an email, you can use the old email Abraham Education at gmail dot com. Well, the listeners, we have to know a few basic rules of this world if we want to start understanding the issue of the Kriyatiyamsuf and what it has to do with Chinuchiladim. We all know that the whole world, the entire world, actually made of four basic material. Four basic materials, actually, um, our world made of a fire, wind, water, and dirt. We know, in Hebrew we say, Esh, Ruach, Maim, Ve'afar, Arba'at, Yesodot, Ha'olam. The four bases of the world, fire, wind, water, and dirt, and every object that you can see in this world, actually, the basic materials of it made of those Four materials. Now, we know that just like we have kinds of, many, many kinds of material in the physically world, we know that there are many, many, many kinds of spirituality things in the world. And in our spirituality world, we have the midot, you know, the characters of a person. This is called in Hebrew, Midot. And the Midot actually combined from many, many, many spiritual powers in our soul. Let's say that you know someone that he's getting, um, that he's getting angry very quick. Very quick. You just throw him a word and then he just burning like a fire. You know why? Because the Rambam, the Rambam explained that if you take this person, 
take the 100% of the contains of his spirit, you may found that 50% of his personality made of the base of fire. And if 50% of his personality, and I'm talking about the spiritual personality, the mental powers of this specific person, made of fire, that's why he's getting angry very quick. Because his soul made of 50% of fire. You remember, we have four basic powers in our soul. Just like we have four basic materials in this world. The same way, in our spiritual world, we have four basis, basic um, basis powers. You can find another one, another person, that he has inspired for spiritual things, like he wants to be an artist. He likes to paint some worldview. He likes to paint a beautiful landscape. He likes to create some statues. Because he invents his time in a spiritual things, spiritual experiences. There is a person who likes to be a singer. He very likes songs. He has a desire for the pleasure, the pleasure of listening to songs. That means that maybe 60% of his mental powers made of or made on the base of the wind, ruach. Wind is the power which actually take us and straight us to spiritual experiences like songs, like pains, like designing something. And you can find another person that he has a desire to be in a laziness. He doesn't want to walk. He doesn't want to work. He doesn't want to do anything besides of laying in his bed, covered with a blanket, very comfortable blanket, and that's it. He wants to sleep all over the day. And some people get frustration of him. Why you so like just to lay in your bed? That's it. That's, that's what you want. And yes, that's what he wants. You know why? Because maybe 60% of his personality made of dirt. The dirt actually is always laying down. You can step on it. You can spit on it. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. This is the character of the dirt. And now we're reaching to the fourth base and the important base to our topic this day. 
before I'm reaching to the wind, the base of the wind, let me to tell you that you can watch us during this radio show via Skype. You just type Avraham Barzilai, the A of Avraham, um, in capital where in capital letter, and the B of Barzilai in capital. Avraham Barzilai, U.S. You can click and you can watch this radio show um, through um, through the website through the Skype. Well, dear listeners, let's speak about the wind. The base of wind that each one of us has a few percent of a wind, of the base of the wind in our personality. Chazal says that the wind, this is the root and the source of all the ta'avot. Ta'avot in Hebrew, it means desires, but not spirituality desires, but the opposite. We're talking about the materialism. We're talking about materialistic desires. The most lowest desires and the most degraded desires in this world based on the source of water. The water is the base of the Gashmiyut, of the materialism. If you have a person that he has so strong desire for materialism, it might be because that his personality, maybe 16, 60 or 70% of his personality based of, made of the source of water, the power of water, and then the 30% that remained actually combined with a little bit of fire, a little bit of dirt, a little bit of wind, but the most of the percent of his personality actually made of water. Water is the source of any materialism desires. Now let's say what the Kabbalah has to say about the issue of Shem HaAdam, the name of the person, and how and if it's influenced his future and his behavior. Well, we know that Chazal spoke about the person who called Nimrod. Nimrod was an evil one. And why he called Nimrod? Because he always um, made, he always made a merit, we say in Hebrew, merit in Hashem. He just tried always to deny Hashem. He doesn't want to believe in Hashem. That's why he always denied Hashem. He doesn't want to admit and to say, yes, there is Hashem, and I am committed to Him. No, 
He didn't want to believe that. Mered, in English, it's rebel. He always wants to rebel Hashem. What we call today atheist doesn't believe in any God in the world. So we see that even by Chazal, there is an influence, there is an influence of the name of the person on his behavior. Because he called Nimrod, and Chazal says, you know why his name is Nimrod? It's because that he wants to limrod Bakadosh Baruch Hu, to rebel God. Also, we are learning in the parasha, in the last parashat, we learned about paro. Paro b'mitzrayim. Paro means wild. In Hebrew, when you say paro, when you say parua, you mean to say wild. And Mitzrayim, in Hebrew, it means like Mitzar, like a narrow path. You cannot be wild in a narrow path. This is two opposites. But that's what Paro tried to implement. He tried to be wild in a narrow path. And that's why Hashem, why Hashem made the path narrower and narrower till Paro couldn't pass in this path because his behavior didn't fit the reality of the existence of the HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He doesn't want to accept that. So, each name of the Torah has its explanation. We recently read in the Torah about Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef, which means to add something. Lehosif, to add. That's why Yosef, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him the Beracha, Ben Porat Yosef, Ben Porat Aleayin, which means the Ayin Ara has no control on Yosef. And that's why the Gemara says that if someone he is afraid from Ainara, the people watching him and jealous him, and it's may affecting him, so one of the Pamya Segula, the Gemara says, to say the, the following words, Ana Mizara de Yosef, de la Shaltabe Einabisha. I'm from the children of Yosef, that Ainara couldn't control him. I am belong to the following generations directly attended to Yosef. So we see that the issue of names actually has very, very um, impact on the reality, in the reality life. Now, let's go to the, to the last parashat. We know that 
when Moshe Rabbeinu was born, so his mother hiding him for three months because he was born in the sixth month of the pregnant of the pregnancy. And then the the officers of Egypt actually wrote the date he's supposed to be born and they have on the list to check this home of Moshe Rabenu in a certain date. So she couldn't hide him in the in, in at her home more than three months because she knew the officer is going to be here to make a check if he born or not. So she took a little boat, the teva, little box, and she covered it with a few materials to that the water couldn't go through it. And she put a little baby, three months old, that's it, into the teva, and she put it in the or in the river of Mitzrayim of Egypt. And then his older sister Miriam was hiding and watching to do what's going on with him, just to keep an eye on him, to look after him. And then suddenly the daughter of Paro, Batya, went down to the river to wash herself. And suddenly she saw, she noticed the little box. She opened it and she saw, wow, what a beautiful baby. It must be son of one of the Jewish people here. And she take she took him and she raised him in the royal palace of Paro himself. We all know that story since we was since we were in the kindergarten. But there is something that we might be don't know. You know that Moshe Rabenu had many, many, many names. And precisely the name of Moshe was given to him by Batya, the daughter of Paro. She was not a Jewish. She was not a Jew. And in spite of this fact, we see that Torah that Hashem picked up precisely that specific name, Moshe. Hashem didn't call to Moshe. He didn't use any one of his other names beside Moshe. So it means that Moshe has something very, very special in this name. So Hashem picked up precisely this name. And the Torah tells us what's so special in that name. The Pasuk says, Vatikra Shemo Moshe Vatomar Kimin Hamaim Meshitihu. In Hebrew, she decided to call him Moshe. 
you know why she decided to call him Moshe? Because she said to herself, I lift him from the water. In Hebrew, when we say limshot, um, it means to pull. I pull him from the water. To pull, in Hebrew, it's limshot. Kiminamayim, because I pull him, meshitihu, from the water. So because of the word meshitihu, I pull him. That's why she called him Moshe. It's pretty weird. Is this a real serious reason to call a per- to call to give a name for a person just because of the name of how I brought him to the royal palace because I pulled him from the water. If I try to make a, to compare this concept to in English, I would say it's just like to call, to give a name to someone, to a baby, the name of Paul, just because I pull him from the water. So pull and Paul, it's very similar. So I decide to call this baby Paul, just because I pull him from the water. It's very weird. Well, I have no questions about Batia, the daughter of Paros. She was non-Jewish. So, maybe she has some reason. I want to call her Paul just because I pull him from the water. Okay. But why Hashem picked up this name? Why Hashem agreed? It means that Hashem agreed with Batia, with Batia, the daughter of Paro. And this is the real question. Why? You know why? It's because of the fourth basis of the spiritual. Our soul made of four basic powers. Do you remember that? Wind, dirt, fire, and water. You remember that? And we explained already that the water is the root and the the source of the, the materialism. When Batia, the daughter of Paro, opened the box and she saw the baby, she saw that his soul made of 100% of three base powers. The fire, the wind, the dirt. But it seems that he has no any even 1% of water. She saw that this baby is going to be so spiritual, lady, that it seems that he has no any even 1% of water, of materialism. That's why Chazal says that Moshe Rabbeinu Mechetziova Mala Malach Umechetziova Mata Adam from his half of body and down, he was a human. And from his half of body and up, he was an angel. He was so spiritual.
spiritual personality that we can't imagine to, my, to ourselves. That's why when she saw that he so have so many powers of spiritual, that's why she said, I see that this little baby he is the antithesis of materialism. He is the total opposite of materialism. That's why she called him Moshe. Because I pulled him from the water. The water is just a symbol. Symbol of materialism. And I pulled him from the water. He is another kind of a person. He is the total opposite of materialism. His soul has 100% of spirituality, not even 1% of materialism. But what we can do with this information, dear listeners, what we have to do with this um, information is that Hazar says that at the moment that both of the parents deciding what a name to give their child, actually Chazal says, Ruach Nevoah Nizreket Bahem. Inspiration of prophets, actually Hashem throw a little bit of inspiration of prophets to the both of the parents, so when they deciding the name of the little baby, they actually do it by prophet. They don't aware of that. They don't even know of that. But Hashem give him the nevuah, a prophet. Now, first of all, we have to know that when we are approaching to pick up name for our little baby, we have to choose the name of one of the tzaddikim. Or at least a name with a positive attitude, with a positive uh, um, probity. So it will be easier to our son, our child, to behave as well. There is an influence of the name. But you know, there is many, many, many people that actually hold name of tzaddikim, like Moshe and Aharon, and they steal evil. <laughs> it's not a promise that if you call to your son, Moshe, Aharon, David, he's going to be a great tzaddik. But actually, if you pick up that name, you give him a good point of starting. He is beginning his life from a good position. But in the other hand, we know many, many people that they have names like Deror, like Nimrod, like names of Reshaim, but still they are very, very, very tremendous tzaddikim. It's not a promise that if you gave him a name of an evil one is going to be evil too. But actually the question is, 
what point, beginning point, I put my child. So, I hope this lecture was uh, useful for you. Um, if I want to summarize the things that we spoke on, when we approach to pick a name for our child, we have to pick a positive name, name of Tadikim, name with good meaning, with positive meaning. But it doesn't say that if we didn't, he's going to be an evil. Chas v'shalom. Each one of us has the Bechira. You remember we spoke a lot of the Bechira. Each one of us has the ability to make his choice in his life, to pick up his way in his life, and nobody can stop him. Not a positive name, and nobody can push him, not even bad name. Dear listeners, a phone number for your text, 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398, or you can call in 718-683-5858, you can also um, send us an email my email box is abrahameducation at gmail.com, abrahameducation at gmail.com. Uh, we also hold a group in WhatsApp. We have a group. Uh, Mrs. Gill, actually, uh, she's the manager of this group. Uh, we have 99, 99 uh, spots actually occupied, but we have one uh, spot open, so the first one to send uh, to Gila his uh, details, she will add him uh, to our um, professional group. All over the week, they send me questions, and Bezat Hashem will give the answers. Um, the phone number of Gila, if you want to sign up our parenting group uh, on WhatsApp, her phone number is 34. Seven, four, seven, five, fifty-three, fifty-three. I, rem I repeat, three, four, seven, four, seven, five, fifty-three, fifty-three. Uh, I just want to inform uh, the one hundred participates in our WhatsApp group. You can send us questions to, to this radio show, also through WhatsApp. Now we're going to a small musical break. Stay with us and keep send us your text messages to 347-927-8398. Stay with us. In the next hour is going to be more interesting. Thank 
Well, the listeners, we're here back um, with you. And now, um, I would like to give an attention to a few questions that actually I received uh, via the group which called Parenting 101. Um, actually, the group that we have on WhatsApp. Um, my five-year-old son doesn't want to say berachot on food. How can I make him to say the berachot? Well, I think that this question actually raised up again and again during our radio shows um, all over the years. And we always speaking about the two uh, two halves of the educational action. I mean, any educational action based on two important um, rules. We called it activation and internalization. I mean, activation um, activation it means that I must activate my child. I mean, each one who deals with Chinuch Yeladim actually has a preplexy. And what is we're really embarrassed but because we're very confused what we can do. In one hand, if I force my child to say a beracha on the food, so maybe I succeed in his external behavior. I mean, I succeeded to force his lips to whisper the beracha. That's it. But if we pay attention about what's going on inside his heart, actually he starts to develop the opposite process. He make a regression. He going reverse. Because before this beracha, maybe he wouldn't hate the beracha. But now when we forced him to make the beracha, now he hated it. And it's really understood why he hated it. In the other hand, in the other hand, when we, if, if I want to avoid from forcing my child, and I just stay aside, and I'm going to wait till he's be 18 years old, 19 years old, now he has a logical thoughts, now he has a mind, now he has a consideration, now I start to explain him the importance of saying berachot. <laughs> Everybody knows it's nonsense. It's going to work. Because what is the chance 18 years old start now to say berachot. And even if he wants, we lost 
the critical years that he can purchase the holy the holy habits of 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 the regulars. So what we can do if I force him I make a rejection, inner rejection. And if I want force him and I just wait till he grow up I'm losing the critical, beautiful years that he can purchase so many, many good behaviors. So what we can do. That's why we we start to anticipate in public the concepts of activation and internalization. I mean, first of all, Obviously, I have to activate my child, my little Yossi. You want the candy? I want you to say the Beracha. I don't want to say a Beracha. Okay. So the candy is going to wait to you on the shelf till you be prepared to say the Beracha. So I activate my child. Finally, he say, okay, I'm going to say the Beracha. Just give me the candy. And when I give it to him, he say, bro, I'm going to call every bro. That's so fast. But most of parents actually stop the process at this point. Okay, he say the baracha, that's it. That's the maximum I can do with him. That's it. And then we'll leave him. And here is the point of the mistake. Because we did a half of work, there is another half of the educational action which called internalization. When I did the first step by activating him, I made a destroyable step, but necessary. I have to get him used to the fact that each candy he eats, each, each thing he eats, he has to say the barakah. But this is destroyable because it's going to hate it in the future. Now there is the second half of the educational uh, uh, action, which called internalization. And I mentioned it many, many times in my lectures. I say, take your child, put him on your knees and tell him, Dear Yossi, I want to tell you a story. Look at the window. You see the sky? You know what there is above the sky? There is the space. There is many, many, many stars. And up, up, up there, above all the creation, the amazing creation, there is Kiseh HaKavod. There is the chair, the chair of Hashem. And He sits on it and many, many, many angels sing some songs to the king and they all troubling from the fear of the king the king of the world do you know what it is even if you're five even if you're five years old doesn't understand the concept you're talking about but always remember the rule that our children listening to our tones not to our words they understand tones not words if you say to your child yes please get a bed he wouldn't do it because 
he recognized in the tone of your words that you are not saying it so definitely. I, I don't must do that. But if you say the same words, Yossi, please get the bag. Now he heard in your tone the serious. There's no games. You're going to be in your bed. Even if you didn't say these specific words, but he actually understand that. Because they're listening to us by tones, not by words. We have to remember that. Now, suddenly, Hashem lifted his hand and make a sign to all angels, stop singing to me. And they all stop in one turkey. And they're looking to Hashem. And they're troubling what's happened. Maybe the king is angry with them. What's wrong with our songs? And they're troubling him. They don't even dare to ask Hashem. And suddenly Hashem put his hand on his ear. And he's, and he's looking down, and suddenly they all hear your Berachayosi. They hear a little voice says, Baruch Atah Hashem, Shehakol Niyabidvaro. And all angels says, Amen. And your Beracha reached in front of Hashem, and Hashem takes it. And changed its form to a diamond. And he ambed the diamond in his crown. In his royal crown. And then, only then, Hashem tells the angels, Now you can keep singing to me. Do you know how important you are, my Dear Yossi, that's it. Now we completed the educational action. Now we, we made the second half of the educational action, which called internalization. Now we make our children to feel so good with their deeds, to feel so good with the Beracha that we gained two things. The first one is we erased the old bitter feeling that he had because of forcing him to say the Beracha once. And the second is he has left with many, many, many good feelings about what he did. For the next time, he has a desire to do it again. Not because he must do it, because he wants to feel important. Because we let him know what's going on up there when you say a beracha. And you can copy this principle to any field in our life. When you recognize, when you notice that your child has a difficulties on a certain field, in one hand, you must activate him 
to behave as well, but it's not enough. If we stop there, it's this triable step. We're not allowed to do that without making the second half of the educational action, which is called internalization. Now you have to make sure that your child will internalize the value that you so put effort to inheriting him. Remember this formula. In any action, in front of your child, remember this formula. The formula says activation, indeed, we must. But don't forget the most important things, the most important part, which called internalization. Let him feel so good with what he did, so we'll have the hashik, the desire, to do the same things for the next time. Well, this is the answer to one of the questions that we received through our WhatsApp group, the WhatsApp group called um, Parenting 101. The phone number, if you want to add yourself um, to our parenting group, 347 Four seven five five three five three. You can reach Gila, and Gila Bezrat Hashem shall add you to our parenting group on WhatsApp. Now to your text messages. Now before we remind you the ways to contact us: three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. This is the number. This is the number uh, to your text messages. That's three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Special priority to who call in. Phone number to call in is seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. That's seven one eight six eight three fifty eight fifty eight. You can join to the viewers at home via Skype. Um, our address on Skype. You're searching for. Avraham Barzilai, the A of Avraham is capital letter, and the B of Barzilai is capital. Avraham Barzilai, U.S., you click the button and you join to the group that already watch us in this radio show. Now to one of your text messages. I like my notes perfectly straight. No bands, and on a specific type of a paper, it is okay. Is being very specific in how my notes are, which paper I use, and that they're straight. And this, uh, I didn't understand. I'm really sorry about that. The questionnaire with phone number who ending with nine sixty, please. Uh, make your question more easier to me. I don't really understand, and I don't know if it's belong uh, to this radio show. If you want to send it again, I'm apologizing in advance. You can send it again. Maybe it's because of my English. I simply don't understand the question. Uh, now, meanwhile, can you recent uh, your question? Uh, we're going to one more question. How to deal with teenagers when they are angry and hard to deal with them? Uh, very short uh, uh, question. 
with a very long answer. But as usual, I will say in general lines, um, what is the approach, how we approach the teenager? We have to remember one basic rule. Chazal defined for us the age of raising children, the age of chinuch, gil chinuch, gil chinuch. It's not teenager. When your child reaches to be teenager, he almost out of the gil chinuch, of the age that you can influence his mind, you can influence his behavior. But the same principle all over the years since childhood until adulthood, we have to remember there is no changes. The same principle. And uh, if you remember, um, and you actually following my radio show, we always talking about stimulation. The only, the one and only things that actually can make someone to make one step forward is stimulation. When you feel that you like to do something, when you feel enjoy, that you enjoy from doing something, this is the only reason why you're going to leave your la- your laziness and you're going to do it and, you go- and you're going to put an effort to get it. Now, First of all, we have to create positive relationship at home which based on warmth and affection. Warmth and affection this is the this is the the essential base of any relationship especially relationship between parents and children. When you use warmth and affection, real warmth and affection, not faked, real warmth and affection, and you express feelings to your child, to your teenager, which says, my dear son, you are acceptable as you are without any need to make any change. I like you as you are. In any way you are going to be in your future, whenever you will be, doesn't matter when, doesn't matter where, you have your place, your space in my heart. I love you. I'm accepting you. When you accept your child as he is, then you have a chance to influence his behavior. But not more than that. Indeed, when he is a little child, we have many, many, many more tools and actions how to dealing with him to develop his behavior. That's right. But the same base campaign us, company us all over the way since childhood till his adult. Warmth and affection. You're acceptable as you are without any need to make a chance. 
it's 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 too complicated. It, it sounds like an absurd, but believe me, this is the truth. You, the parents, has to give up all your wishes and expectation from that certain child. And if you're giving up all your expectation, this is the only way you will gain your expectation. <laughs> Think about it. And the experience of the life actually proved this fact, that that's the way it worked. Um, dear listeners, before we're going to a small musical break, uh, just to arrange your question, I would like to tell you that the Pesiata de Shmaya, uh, I had the merit um, to prepare a special booklet which contained more than 100 pages um, that actually dealing with the with the Chinuch Yeladim um, it makes the explanation of uh, how the system works and you know I called this booklet um, Basic Concepts in Children's Education and uh, I think that uh, it's, it's very very important to us to know the basic concepts of raising children how we have to raising children you know the whole issue of activation and internalization, the issue of encouragement, the issue of the self-image. You know, it's contained 16 chapters that actually explaining the issue step by step, step by step. If you would like to purchase, actually, uh, we made this booklet in purpose to the participants of our courses that we actually giving in New York, in the end of the course, we're giving this booklet that it actually summarized the whole uh, sessions that we had. But many, many, many people, and they told me, think about the idea. Maybe you can give us the booklet without uh, must being in the... Um, the course, and actually, for sure, it's not the same benefit when you participate in the course or you just read it. But I thought about it again and again, and I decided um, that maybe it's going to be a benefit for all of us. So if you want to purchase this um, booklet, you can... Uh, send uh, your request to my email, abrahameducation at gmail.com, abrahameducation at gmail.com, or you can go on my website, abraham-barzilai.com slash eng, if you want to reach to the English site. I repeat, abraham-barzilai.com you click on the U.S. flag, and you can reach the English website. Um, contact us 
via our website, and Bezat Hashem, you can purchase uh, this uh, booklet directly to your email box. Now we're going to another small musical break, and stay with us. We have many, many interesting um, questions to the continue. Let me to remind you, text messages 347-927-8398. If you want to call in, 718-683-5858. We're going to a small musical break. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
Hi, dear listeners. We're here back with you and with your text messages. My child will not start her meal before. One, her mother's hands are perfectly clean. Two, if her food is dirty from other, from other food in her plate. Three, her cup is not perfectly clean. Everything must be perfect as she wants. How should I handle it? Very common question, dear listener. Very common question. Many, many families has one of the children behave like this. Now, I will tell you what I think, but before I'm telling what I think, I have to make a little introduction. Um, sometimes... Um, the education that we implement in our home is education to be clean. And it's pretty good, but sometimes we're making it over. When we make over-education, um, it's not good because it's might to develop um, kind of anxiety from dirty. I mean, we know about some children, they're suffering from anxiety to be dirty. When it's become to, when it comes to teenagers, so you can see it, they, they always have to be clean. They can iron their shirt a few times a day. They can take a shower a few times a day. And it's very frustrating them also, um, not to mention their society. So before um, I tell you what I think you have to do, first of all, you have to be you have to be aware of this point. Do not educate your child to be clean too much in childhood. Um, one of the one of the symptoms of this behavior of parents is actually wetting the bed. When children wetting bed, the first thing. Uh, the first thing we check, um, how is the education to be clean? If the parents make over, it's not good. It's make a lot of pressure on their soul, and they start to imagine every little thing that it's not like they it's had in their imagination. They deciding it's dirty, and the second stage is it's disgusting. And the final stage is they may throw it out of the table. I don't want to touch it. So first of all, be aware that you're not developing in your hands uh, some cleaning anxiety uh, to your child. Now, in case that uh, what I said has nothing to do with you and the we and and the will. Uh, that it all that it all will be clean, expressed only by the meal, and not in the other fields, the other fields of the day. So it's mean maybe it's a pinpoil uh, issue about the meal, and the simple solution is don't give your child the place to behave like that. I mean. 
maybe he tried to get some attention, negative attention in a general name. We call it negative attention. Um, in spite that I not agree with this definition, just to make it easier, and uh, I always have to worry about that we have a, a um, language in common. I mean that you will understand me. So what people used to call negative attention, maybe she tries to get that via this way. Now, you have to behave as usual with not give any space to these emotions. I mean, when you serve the meal and she starts yelling and crying, I don't want to eat it. No, it's dirty. It's disgusting me. Don't start to begging her. Oh, please, it's okay. You want me to exchange it? Or even don't yell at her. This is your meal and that's it. No, 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 no. The magic word is ignoring. Ignore her behavior. Don't give her the stage to perform on it. Ignore, ignore, and one more time, ignore. Don't just try to demonstrate her that it's not going to work. This, the day schedule will not change or the normal behavior of the parents or, or the calm and the relaxed of the house is not going to change because of your yelling, because of your screams, because of your frustrations. But, very important command, don't be cruel at that, okay? Don't do it, you know, precisely. I'm not going to do what you ask. Just ignore her, as it sounds. Ignore. That's it. Just like she didn't say any word. And if she refused to eat, okay, acceptable. But she's going to get sleep hungry. So what? <laughs> you scare about it. And that's why they keep going with that negative behavior. Believe me. The experience taught us that when you ignore, this is the best treatment you can give to this specific uh, issue, and Bezat Hashem, she will find another ways, I hope, better ways to get your attention. But I have to say, this is a general answer, this is the answer of the question not the answer to the questionnaire. And you have to remember that because I just read a text, not more than that. So I give you the guidance. You go with it, and Bezat Hashem, I hope you will tell us that it's passed. A phone number for your text messages, 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. If you want to join... Um, uh, to join our parenting group on WhatsApp, you can send your phone number to Mrs. Gila. She manages uh, this group. Her phone number is 347-475-5353. We have participate all over the world from a few countries. So you can join us. The phone number to join our 
WhatsApp group all over the week, all over the week questions and answers 347-475-5353 if you want to order my new booklet more than 100 pages with 16 chapters uh, basic concepts uh, in raising children um, you can go on my website abraham-barzilai.com uh, you can contact me and Bezat Hashem we shall send you the booklet directly to your email box. Also, you can find uh, new videos uh, of the group of Parenting 101, videos of mine with answers to some questions. Uh, our channel on YouTube called Haro'e et Hanolad in Hebrew. Haro'e with Ayn. Haro'e et Hanolad in Hebrew. This is our channel um, on uh, YouTube, and you can uh, enjoy videos up there. <sighs> have a daughter that just turned four and has started to wet herself during the day. As far as I know, this only happens at home, not school. I also have a 15-month-old in diapers and I'm expecting another baby very soon. According to MD, medically, she's fine. I know it has to do with the new baby coming because she has verbalized a number of times. Well, uh, I do not really know the real reason why she wet herself during the day but in general and most of most of times it's actually pointing about the pressure some pressure or anxiety when we're talking about pressure as I told in the beginning if you educate your child to be clean and you make over education much more than necessary so actually, it might be caused, uh, it, it might be a reason for wet herself. Another thing, if it happened only at home and not in school, it means something happened at home. You have to make sure that your relationship with your, yourself and your husband is going smoothly because sometimes when there is some fights and arguments, in the house, it's make a big impact on the child. Secondly, um, sometimes um, they start to wet the bed when they was little, and when they cannot stop with it. This is not a real educational problem in most of cases because it's continuance of the childhood. So maybe it's uncomfortable to us, but we have to be very, very careful They're not degrading our children. Do not tell them, oh, you wet yourself. Look at yourself. Are you a baby? Please, dear parents, I know this is the first reaction that we can 
say, but because of it, it's a sign this is not the correct response to this to, to this situation. And and we have to remember that it's very, very dangerous to degrading a child because of a something that he might be uncontrolled with it. Maybe it's out of her control. I'm sure it's embarrassed her and it's uncomfortable to her to wet herself. So be careful with your uh, response when you are talking about it. Um, one more question. Um, how do you deal with a kid who has really sensory issues since birth and is now a big boy considering you have to treat them a bit more carefully than ordinary kids well uh, the sensory issues as a separate topic um, I'm sorry but I cannot give an attention um, right now because it's, it's pretty dangerous to speak about that because we have many, many listeners, and it's not so good. Not everyone can understand what I say uh, equal. So I'm afraid to speak about it right now and right here. So maybe we'll leave this question to another chance. I have a question. I really need to learn how to be more patient when it comes to my children. I tend to get very nervous and start to talk very loud that at the end of the day, I regret it. How can I be more calm and patient when it comes to their needs? Well, also very common question. Look, the question, the matter of staying calm, it's very important because if you come you actually express to your child we're not at the same playground. We're not at the same play yard. We're not at the same game. I mean, I am the parent. I am the leader and the ruler of this home. And you have to follow me, not I have to follow you. When I stay calm, I actually demonstrate in front of my child that he's not pushing the buttons. I pushing the buttons, not him. It's very, very important. It's a basic uh, behavior that should be for the parents. Now, how we can implement it? Because when we sit on the couch with a cup of coffee and cigarette, it's very easy to speak about it. But when it comes to real, to the real life, it's much more difficult. So what I suggest to you, um, it's very uh, creative, creative uh, creativity uh, um, idea. When you getting to sleep at night and your home finally in silent and the little angels finally
told to sleep. They angels, right? <laughs> they angels only when they sleep. Uh, I'm telling you, the real problem with the children that they are alive. When when they sleep, everything is going just well. The bad point in children, they that when they wake up, right? Now when they fall into a sleep. And now finally, after the old works of the house, you lay on the bed and you put your head on the pillow. Now close your eyes and try to imagine the worst and tense situation at your home. What do you want from me, Rabbi Barzillai? Till I have a rest instead of put earphones into my ears and listening to quality music. Now you want get back to the worst situation at my home? There is no breaks. Try it. Try it. Because instead instead of putting your earphones into your ears, just close your eyes and try to be concentrated and try to imagine the tense situation in your home. And try to imagine yourself in the middle of the situation. And your children around you make the worst things that drive you crazy. And you still stay calm. And you manage the situation as well. Now, in the imagination, it's possible, right? Because it's just, it's, it's just imagination. Try to start with the imagination. When you're going to make it like a routine, every night, every night, this is your regular habit to close your eyes and imagine yourself in the worsened situation and you stay calm during the time. In one or two weeks, you can see miracles changes. You will see that when the situation actually happens, you have more power to stay calm. I mean, if until today it takes two minutes to drive you crazy, it's going to take five minutes, and then it's going to take ten minutes, and then it's going to take one hour, and it's, it's getting better and better. Believe me, the power of the imagination so important to manage any situation in life. Remember that any situation, even if you have a test, tomorrow morning and you have an anxiety I'm going to confuse I'm going to I wouldn't know how to handle it no try to close your eyes imagine yourself in the worst situation that you can think about it and try to imagine yourself successful succeed to manage the situation when it's happened 
in the reality, you will see that you have the powers to manage the situation as well. So this is my suggestion to you, and I believe this is the solution how to stay calm when it's really happened. I have a question. What do you do when a child, age five, uses a bad word, like really bad, at you or family, but when you yell and get crazy, they tell you they heard it from a friend in school. Well, the issue of bad words, the Gemara says, if you, I try to translate it from the, the Aramaic, the language of the Gemara, to English. It's going like this. If you heard some bad word from a little child on a street, you have to know that the source of this bad word coming from his parents. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not nice to hear. But actually, there is very, very common question on this article of Chazal. How you can say that if you heard bad words from a little child, it comes from his parents. We all know ourselves personally that we are not using bad words, and despite of it, our children do how it's happened. Uh, we have a kushia on the Gemara. How the Gemara says it comes from parents. The Gemara doesn't know that we are existing in this world. In my family, it's not from the parents. How can you explain it? Huh? Question. Well, the answer is very simple. The matter of bad words is not the words, the certain, the certain word. No, not at all. We're talking about the wind, the spirits, the behavior. When you, as a mother, angry with your husband because he didn't bring the right milk that you asked him from the grocery, and you say, oh, again and again you always forget him? Why you forget everything that I ask is not important to you? That's it, right? We didn't say any bad word. But the atmosphere in the home start to be of unrespected atmosphere. Parents unrespected one another. That's the concept that your child starts to internalize. He just absorbing the atmosphere of the house. Now, when he went outside and he hears really bad word from a friend, all of our children here and there they hearing bad words. But why don't all of them bring this bad word into the home? You know why? 
because few of them internalize the bad word and few of them don't internalize. You know what makes the difference? I will tell you. If parents respecting one another, then even if he heard a bad word outside from his friend, he wouldn't bring it into the home because he knows the atmosphere of the home that I'm growing in is atmosphere of respectful. But if your child in his home actually feelings an atmosphere of disrespect, when he went outside and he heard the word from his friend, he take it into the home and he use it. Because the concept of disrespect he purchased at home. The certain specific word he took from his friend. But it doesn't make the difference. That's what the Gemara says. If you heard the bad word from someone outside, it's from his father or because of his mother. Well, dear listeners, we're about to end this uh, radio show. Uh, I really want to express my appreciation to you, dear listeners, for sending your questions and sharing your issues um, with us. And I would like to um, remind you that uh, my new booklet available you can go on my website, abraham-barzilaya.com, and you can purchase, you can contact me, send me your uh, few details, and Bezat Hashem, we shall send you um, the booklet, the new booklet, more than 100 pages, directly to your email box. For those who want to talk with me privately, you can do it every night between the hours of 10 p.m. through 12 midnight Israel time, of course, and also every Wednesday right after this radio show, you can call me. I will be available for 30 minutes right after this radio show. My American phone number is 917 Nine four four. I repeat, nine one seven eight zero nine four nine four four. Also, if you want to invite me to your community to make a series of lectures, if you want to order some courses of parenting, if you want to arrange large groups uh, to be participate. Uh, in the following courses in New York, you can do it at the same at the same number. Or if you want to order Shabbaton for your kehillah for your community, with many lectures, uh, setting by special order, uh, you can do it in the phone number directed to me, nine one seven eight zero nine four nine four four. I really appreciate that you're listening. Special thanks to Iran Yaakov for taking care about the technical part of this radio show and to the manager of this radio station, um, Rabbi Nisim Lazari, and to you, the listeners, 
keep listening to J Radio and Behat Zaha Rabah. Bye bye.